You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Tiger Nation. Welcome to the Locked On Clemson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's the Clemson Tigers, five days a week, Monday through Friday. A look into what's going on around the athletic program right now. The big hot topic continues to be the number one team in college football. Today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. On today's episode, we'll recap what happened in Clemson's 41-23 victory over the Virginia Cavaliers Saturday night in Death Valley. Clemson comes away as an 18-point victor as a 28-point underdog. Don't really even get close to covering the spread on Saturday night after a hard-fought effort from the Virginia Cavaliers. A lot to dive into with this game, and we'll take a look coming up here shortly at what worked what didn't, and the what did we learn portion of today's recap. And this was a game marked by the word inconsistency. In fact, I think I heard that mentioned at least a dozen times from the coaching staff as they broke down the game following the victory. And it's a word that doesn't necessarily mean panic or frustration, but there certainly was some unevenness in how Clemson performed on Saturday night, and to a certain degree, I think you can say that the effort was surprising at times, and maybe not in others. We'll also dive deep into the numbers in the Beyond the Box score, where we take a look at more than just the passing numbers and the rushing numbers, a more of an in-depth look at what went really well statistically, uh, where some areas that needed to get better, needed to be better, I should say, and then also who really performed well based on what the stats say. Finally, we'll wrap things up in just a little bit with a look at the roster update. Again, I'm not calling it injury report anymore. It's the who's available, who's unavailable. We'll see what happened there in terms of health and what it all meant for Clemson heading into a top 10 showdown this weekend against Miami. I'm your host, Brad Sinkoff. Co-host of the Press Box on 105.5 The Roar, the flagship station of Clemson Athletics, and the deputy editor at allclemson.com, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. I've been a credential member of the media for nearly 15 years. I've been covering the Clemson Tigers for their entire college football playoff run. See if they can continue to keep that going this season. When I left you on Friday, one of the things that I talked about with this game was would Virginia give Clemson a real test? Like, Would we see the Tigers find some matchup issues, maybe not have everything go great for the first team, the starters, maybe there'd be a rhythm issue, or maybe Virginia would have a matchup advantage or do something schematically to get the Tigers off schedule, or maybe the defense would have some issues keeping track with Brennan Armstrong and Uh, His ability to create plays, you saw some of that in the opener against Duke for the Cavaliers, and then they had those those big, tall, receiver-tight-end combo. Maybe there would be some issues for Clemson. Maybe we'd learn more about who this Tiger team is and what they're made of out of this Virginia game, because as a 28-point underdog, never felt like Virginia was going to come into Death Valley and win. 
However, I did think this team was capable of at least giving Clemson a challenge, and we saw some of that on Saturday night. Yes, it was an 18-point victory. Yes, that's fairly comfortable. But all in all, I think there are some serious takeaways when it comes to uh, what we learned. Now, Clemson is a team that has extreme talent. And and as I said on Friday, uh, compared to Virginia, there was no way that the Cavs were going to out-athlete the Tigers. But they did cause some adversity for the first time all season. And here's what Coach Sweeney said about trying to overcome that. I mean, that's, that's what good teams do. They respond. And we really haven't had any adversity. I mean, if you really think about these first two games, I mean, it's just, you know, uh, we've had some bad plays, but there's really never been a moment where the game was, was you know, on the line or, or there was, you know, just you, you felt like you, you didn't have control of it. And then, you you know, you get in a game like this and, and uh, um, you, you know, you got, you're, playing a, you're playing a really good team uh, that was in the championship last year. So, um, they got good players. They got a very experienced group. And next thing you know, you, you're having some of that adversity. Uh, you're out of sync. You miss a couple easy plays, uh, drop a couple balls that you normally uh, catch, and uh, miss a few tackles. Uh, give up some 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 frustrating plays uh, here or there. Uh, but you know you got to respond. And uh, so I am happy how they handled the adversity tonight. It'll make us better. You don't like it when you deal with that stuff, but uh, honestly, you know, it, it was a challenge that I think we needed. That's gonna that's gonna serve us well as we as we get back to work on Monday. That's really what you want to know next is how does Clemson learn from this? What do they take from it? And we'll hear more from Coach Sweeney and the staff and the players throughout the week to get a better feel for where they are heading into this Miami game at seven thirty p.m. on ABC on Saturday night at Memorial Stadium is certainly going to be a big major top 10 showdown that maybe we did not see coming to that degree. Something else that I think was really learned on Saturday in this game is just how far the defense still has to go. And I I think it's the first time that the lack of veteran leadership, the lack of veteran playmakers on that front line of defensive end with Xavier Thomas and Justin Foster really showed up on the screen and in the game because I think what Brendan Armstrong was able to do with his legs, maybe the veteran guys wouldn't have gotten out of position as they did. Maybe they would have been more um, better setting the edge. Maybe they would have you know, not gotten out leveraged at times because that, that happened on Saturday night. And certainly Armstrong's ability to keep plays alive and use his feet, maybe Clemson kind of underestimated that a little bit. And you've got so many young guys out there who have not played much and have not gone against the physicality that Virginia brought to this game that I think they were a little caught off guard and a little surprised at what they saw. And they had to make some adjustments and they had to grow up a little bit. And Brent Venable said, you know, hey, this is what happens when you got a bunch of newbies running around. And there were some things that Virginia did that Clemson had not seen. Remember, Virginia's only played one game, not a lot of film. We talked about that last week. Brent Venable's probably pulled his hair out trying to figure out what was going to happen. And Virginia and Bronco Mendenhall threw some things at Clemson. They simply weren't ready for it, and they had to make some adjustments. Uh, So that defensive line especially, I think, had to grow up and had to play a little bit better. Uh, We'll see if they carry that over to what's going to be an extremely difficult task against Miami and Derrick King. We'll discuss that later in the week. 
One last thing to note, and I'll get more into Travis Etienne later on in the week, but I did want to point out one thing. When in doubt, give the ball to Etienne. We'll discuss some of the things that worked statistically for Clemson. He was a big part of that, but really, when it comes down to it, sometimes you just give the ball to your best player. I know it's a team game and everybody's got to chip in, but there's no reason why you wouldn't utilize and take advantage of what Travis Etienne can do, and you saw that in this game as he was the star. He tied the FBS record for career games with a touchdown at 38, tying Tim Tebow of Florida and Louisiana Tech's Kenneth Dixon. Big monumental uh, record for him, and certainly uh, he had a, a played a major role in Clemson winning this game by 18 points. Up next, let's dive deep into the stats. We'll keep things going with Beyond the Box Score. Meanwhile, you can keep going with Built Bar. It's great for the health-conscious guy. It helps you lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, they're low-sugar, they're high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. But most importantly of all, they are amazing. Delicious-er is the new and improved Built Bar. Check out the 18 amazing flavors, including the nut and the non-nut varieties. They've got six new ones, including the caramel brownie, the cookies and cream, the carrot cake, the apple almond crisp, great for this time of year, and 12 original flavors that include the German chocolate, the banana bread, the salted caramel, the double chocolate, and the peanut butter brownie. The best thing is every bar is covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft, they're easy to chew, and they help you get through your day. And right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, you put in promo code Locked on again, that's promo code locked on, and you'll get ten dollars off your next order. That's ten dollars off your next order at builtbar.com. Now it's time for Beyond the Box Score Clemson's 41 23 victory. It's a little more in depth look into how the Tigers won this game, what worked, what really didn't, and why, from a number standpoint, did Clemson come out of this with an 18 point victory. The stat that jumps off the page at you when you take a look at the box score, for me, uh, was the third down rate and how Clemson converted their third downs. Total in all, 8 of 15. That's 53.3%. The average distance to go on those third downs was 8.9 yards. And so Clemson was able to convert over 53% of those. In fact, 7 of their third down conversions, 7 of the 8, went for plays that went 14 yards or longer. So Clemson was hitting some huge plays down the field, not only just to pick up the first down, but to get some big chunk yards. And that's how you win football games by and, and score 41 points uh, because you're able to be not only efficient but explosive at the same time. And that's something that I've talked about a lot and what Clemson really strives to do. And you saw that in this game come to fruition. Taking a look at some of those plays, a 21-yard pass to Travis Etienne, a 29-yard pass to Frank Ladson, a 16-yard touchdown run from Travis Etienne on third down, a 14-yard run from Trevor Lawrence, a 16-yard pass to Etienne from Lawrence, a 27-yard pass from Lawrence to Amari Rodgers that went for a touchdown, and then the 46-yard little flip pass play from Lawrence to Travis Etienne. All of those came on third downs. So that was a big, huge reason why the Tigers were able to do what they did. Yeah, we were, we were really good uh, at, at the half. Uh, and we had some 
we had some third and longs uh, that we that we busted. So we we did a great job on third and down. We were over fifty percent, and you know Lin Jay hangs on to that one. Uh, you know there's there's another one right there, but um, really proud of the guys again. I thought uh, we had a good plan. Uh, again, they did some things we really weren't prepared for, uh, just schematically. And again, I thought we made some good adjustments. Uh, but uh, if we can continue to be efficient like that on third down, we're going we're gonna to be a hard team, hard offense to stop. Obviously, when you get in a lot of third and longs, that means you weren't staying ahead of the chains. You weren't able to keep your schedule going, and that's something that uh, had a lot to do with what Virginia was doing. I know Clemson was not super sharp in this game from an offensive standpoint. Didn't come out with the hair on fire kind of play that I think many people expected them to have. That being said, Dabo Sweeney said that they got a lot of just odd, weird looks from that defensive front and talked about this last week. Virginia's front seven's pretty doggone good, and they use their linebackers uh, to really come up and stop the run. They can do a lot of different things with their exotic packages and, and blitzes, and they did some things to confuse Clemson, and Clemson had to make some adjustments, and that's a good thing. You know, you just didn't get enough of that against Wake Forest and the Citadel. You're going to have more of that down the road. So again, third down conversions was one area where Clemson really excelled, and maybe it was some of it was luck, some of it was by chance, but it was certainly an area that they played well in to win the game. The top tackler for the Tigers on Saturday night was none other than linebacker Balen Spector. In fact, the linebackers as a whole played extremely well in this game for Clemson. Spector has 13 total tackles. That's a career high for him. He had never had double-digit tackles in a game before. Had one and a half tackles for a loss, half a sack, four solo. He was in on so many plays. This is a young man who left the game against the Citadel a couple weeks ago and didn't return for precautionary reasons. What is it? Wasn't 100% sure where he was health-wise. He looked pretty healthy to me on Saturday night. James Skowski right behind him, the other linebacker, with nine tackles in this game. Despite some unevenness on defense, the Tigers did force two turnovers in this one. A ridiculous pick by Andrew Booth in the end zone. He went up, climbed the ladder, looked like Odell Beckham Jr. out there, one-handed grab in the end zone to not only save what could have been a potential touchdown, but also snagged his first career interception in the end zone. Nolan Turner had one a little bit earlier in the game. That was Clemson's first pick in all of 2020. In fact, the Tigers got on the plus side here in terms of turnover margin with this game as they did not turn the ball over at all. And right now, plus one on the season as they protected the football on offense. However, Clemson wasn't as clean when it came to penalties. Eight penalties committed for 65 yards, several offsides and false starts. Just was not a clean game, not a uh, well-executed game up front at times. Just some silly mental mistakes that you're just not used to seeing from this team. And finally, it was another good game for Clemson special teams against Virginia as uh, Lynn J. Dixon had a 52-yard run to kick things off. B.T. Potter made both of his two field goal attempts, one from 47, hit his extra points as well. And Will Spires with a 38.3 average, not his best of the season in a game, but he did have a 43-yard punt, punt and had one pinned inside the 20. Davos, when he once again very pleased with what he's getting out of his special teams. And Amari Rogers had one punt return for nine yards. 
Up next, let's wrap things up as we take a look at who was available, who wasn't, and who came out of this game healthy. The biggest story in all of college football this year continues to be COVID-19 and how teams are handling testing and protocols and contact tracing and all that. And that was one of the biggest storylines, I think, going into this Virginia game because Clemson had an open date last week. They did not play, and the players were allowed to probably have a little more freedom than they've had. Uh, They did an excellent job because it does not appear there were any major um, issues with COVID-19 before this Virginia game. And in fact, taking a look at who was available, who wasn't available, no starters were out that you didn't already know about. Xavier Thomas and Justin Foster, the two defensive ends who have not played all season long, they were not available. Coach Sweeney said that was going to likely be the case earlier in the week. They did not dress. No real surprise at all there. As for the rest of the 119-man roster, again, no real surprises in this one. You really kind of held your breath because you thought, you know, what happens if someone tests positive on Friday and and could it be a a star or a starter? None of that was an issue. In fact, the only uh, player that that was on the two deep that didn't play in this game is Rukororo, who's been out anyway with a knee injury, and he's going to be out until at least December. The other players who were out, none of them listed on the two deep in terms of the depth chart, and that was big. That was very, very important for Clemson to enter this game in good health. Coach Sweeney had talked about earlier in the week that this was probably the healthiest his team had been all year. That includes fall camp, as they had several guys banged up and a lot of guys in and out of protocol as well. It feels like Clemson is getting healthy. However, did not see a couple of players on the football field. One of those being Joseph Ngata, the wide receiver, who injured his abdomen during the Citadel game, had a strain, and left the game and did not return. He did not see action in this game against Virginia. Frank Latson was the beneficiary of Ngata being out again. He had five catches for 71 yards. He called two touchdowns and over 80 yards against the Citadel after Ngata got hurt. Now Lassen looks like the starter, becoming one of the go-to players for Trevor Lawrence, one of his top targets. But it doesn't mean Ngata's going to be just thrown to the side when he is healthy. In fact, uh, Dabo Sweeney said that it's strictly injury right now for Ngata. Said he just has, he's just thin. He, you know, he, that abdomen area just giving him issues. He can't have the explosiveness in practice, especially the way that he wants to right now. Coach Elliott, the offensive coordinator. Uh, said that he believes in God is getting closer every day, so maybe he'll be back for the Miami game to give Clemson another weapon. But Coach Sweeney uh, totally has faith in what Ngata can do. Called him not a good player, but a very, very, very great player. And certainly Clemson wants to get him back out there. And Coach Sweeney very confident that he is going to help Clemson at some point this season in that receiving core. He's not being passed over. This is just a matter of the young man isn't quite healthy yet. Another player we did not see on Saturday was defensive tackle Tyler Davis. And Brent Venables, defensive coordinator, had told me early last week that he wasn't really sure, even though Davis was expected to dress and expected to be ready to play, that he would factor into the rotation. And he said, you just don't know when players come back from injury what they can and can't do. And he did not really get out there on Saturday night. And I thought Jordan Williams played pretty well. And I thought Niles Pinckney played well for Clemson up front. Uh, They just did not get enough leverage and contain the outside like they should have. But overall, uh, the Tigers kind of get away with not having Tyler Davis. Look, Tyler Davis is probably the most uh, 
consistent and athletic, the combination of the two that Clemson has at defensive tackle. Brian Brzee played a lot, did some good things, got in on a sack, but at the same time, Brzee missed his assignments and kind of ran right by the quarterback a couple of times and just did not have the consistent effort that Clemson needed up front. They certainly need Davis back in this rotation, and we'll see if that happens going into the Miami game as we go throughout this week. Finally, one other thing to note, Mario Goodrich is back. Yes, he was on the available list, and he played in this game, and uh, Brent Venables was pretty pleased with what Mario did. The, the cornerback veteran, a junior, has played a lot of snaps, knows this defense well. Coach Venables has asked him to play both inside and outside, and they'll continue to use him all season long in that manner. And Goodrich gave up a big play, but also had a couple good plays, and again, that's a young guy who's just kind of getting back into the flow of things, and you expect him not to be super sharp. And Brent Venable said, like everybody else on this defense, he felt like Goodrich ran out of gas a little bit. So maybe his conditioning will improve here very soon uh, as he got some important playing time. And it, it really is big to have he and Darian Kendrick back on the field. Clemson needs that that stable veteran uh, play where it's a little bit more consistent effort because even though we saw Andrew Booth go up and snag that pick, He's had a little bit of ups and downs this year. I think Sheridan Jones has made some plays. I, I think Sheridan Jones has tackled pretty well. Hasn't made a lot of on-the-ball plays. So Clemson's going to need guys to continue to get better in that secondary and help uh, because overall that secondary did miss some tackles in this game. That's going to wrap up this recap of the Clemson-Virginia game. Again, 41-23 was the final an 18-point game. I believe I projected a 41-20 ball game in which this one really went the way that I kind of thought it would. And Clemson comes out victorious, comes out with some question marks, but I don't think those are bad things. We'll talk more about that as we go throughout this week. On tomorrow's show, it's Tuesday Tiger of the Week. Not going to be a big surprise who it is. Didn't spend a lot of time going over this young man's numbers and what he means right now to this Tiger team. We'll hit on that on tomorrow's show. Tuesday also means he said, he said, you'll hear from Brent Venables and Tony Elliott, and I'll let you know what I think about what they had to say. It's also a great time to check out the Locked On College Football Podcast with Candace Cooper, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great day. Take care. Talk to you tomorrow, Tiger Nation.